welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. <laughs> where we have already pre-podcasted this podcast because we're so excited to talk about what we're getting ready to talk about that we already talked about it. And so now you get to hear the uh, the, the post-podcast uh, debriefing. That, <laughs> if you only knew what went on before the camera started rolling. But uh, I think when we, when we last left you, we had a, a national election looming. And there was a lot of prognostication to talk about red waves and yeah. and uh, just a, a massive win. And, and, and what really happened wasn't a red wave. It was more like a, a, a ripple, if, yeah. if that. I mean, there's certainly it some good things. It just hit the, the, the coastal states. It hit te- Texas and hit Florida. It kind of did not reach the rest of America. So. Yeah, yeah. And it and, uh, certainly wasn't what, what the uh, pundits uh anticipated yeah. but but what's your what's your take on that i mean there's a lot we could talk about uh to, to do a deep dive but we'll just give kind of an overview uh we're, we are hope dealers today so we're not sitting here uh yeah. depressed um and in fact we're gonna be talking about uh valuing uh truth uh more than anything today which is i think uh, an important message but um you know we've talked sure, sure your forty thousand foot perspective on this what why why the red wave not materialize yeah you know i I was pretty disappointed, and I, I really took this week to pray and really think through. I listened to some people analyze things, and people say, this person's fault, this person's fault. Uh, I think the mail-in ballots since 2020, COVID changed everything. So yeah, everything just, has just to be Just by the way, we weren't like a mail-in ballot nation. That wasn't how we voted. Yeah. The whole COVID uh, uh, issue uh, was certainly used uh, by others to uh, to exploit this. This is, by yeah. the way, the reason that we don't know the outcome of elections for three or four or five right. days right. afterwards because of, oh, there's right. another drop of ballots that we have to now count. Right. Um, so, 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 I mean, the games have completely been changed. The rules been completely changed. So all the, all the, all the, all the uh, pollsters are using the old model and not the new model. So I think that's one major issue, and and there's shenanigans going on and whatnot. But um, I think the to me, the most important factor that I've underestimated, that most people in my circle underestimate, is the abortion issue. And um, of course, just yeah. to mention too, we have, of course, a national election coming up. Um, the way that the Dobbs decision was released was illegal. It was a leak. We still, even though there's just a tiny pool of potential people that could be guilty of leaking that. We still have no idea who leaked it, which is amazing to me. Um, and I think Americans are left with lots of questions and, and no accountability, sure. which is frustrating. But I think the way these things happen, these leaks are, of course, planned leaks. They're, they're planned at certain times. They're planned to cause fear and chaos. Yeah. And I think that was certainly what they wanted going into this uh, national election was to use abortion as a massive wedge issue and a fear issue. I mean, people were talking about democracy as we know it's going to be gone. Your kids yep. are going to be thrown in jail, and, and I'm sure those were illusions. The doctors, the nurses are going to get yeah. thrown in jail and whatnot. And those are serious issues. And and I, I really felt in my heart, I, I felt like I heard this from the Lord, like the government, we need righteous government, and we need government officials who really are aligned by biblical truth and yep. aligned by the truth and yep. aligned by that there's a creator and that you know our rights do not come from uh, men but come from God. Um, but there's a, there's a limit. There's a limit to what government can do. Yeah. And and, for- and and just so you know, I mean, my take on that is government is a solution for everything now. You know, if there's an act of violence in culture, yeah. it's government's job to make sure that we don't have yeah. violence anymore. Well, these are things we used right. to recognize as 
the church's role. You know, that people people have evil and wicked and right. wicked and wickedness in their heart, and they're angry and they're violent, etc. So we need to deal with the heart. But the the greater government becomes as an idol in the lives of Americans. Uh, we just look to government to solve everything, Absolutely. and I think the abortion issue is a perfect issue. And, and government can solve everything. Right. And and on this legislative issue, after fifty years of Roe versus Wade of of just Americans being so accustomed to abortion on demand, yeah. Um, that we, it just becomes a right for us. And, and I, I want to highlight the abortion on demand came out of the sexual revolution because we would not have the need for abortion on demand if we were not having people uh, who are highly sexualized without any boundaries for marriage yep. or any kind of sexual purity and creating the need for right. abortion because of unwanted pregnancies. Which yep. uh, So the two go together, you know, and, and it's, it's like the uh, under Gideon's uh, reign in the Bible, we had the, the Baal... And the Asherah, you know, we had the, the offering of our children to Moloch on, on sacrifices, um, but those children were birthed out of the the worship of the Asherah pole, which was yeah. the sexual fertility and sexual license. And so this isn't anything new. This has been with us from the very Absolutely. beginning, and we're, we're still fighting the same spirit today. I, I just think legislatively, you, you, <laughs> good luck trying to roll back abortion rights, uh, sexual liberty rights. Legislatively, that is right now in America, after 50 years of conditioning, is not a winning issue. Now, do I am I saying that no, we that's that was not a righteous cause? Ba- I think Babylon B put out a great uh sarcastic post <laughs> from uh, sarcastic from uh, Babylon yeah. B. Yes, I loved it. It says all the uh babies, <laughs> thousands of babies who were born who weren't aboard after the Dobbs decision apologize to the Republicans for all the lost votes they got. Um, which is, yeah, you know, that, that might have cost us a lot of votes. The Senate cost us a bunch of governorship. Yeah. But yeah. what is the righteous issue? But but my point in all of this, and I think really is hope, but it's also um, a call to action for yeah. the, the body of Christ. Is well, that, what we're recognizing is these are not fundamentally political or governmental issues. They're issues of the heart, and it comes right back into the domain of the church and of Christ, and he's the one that, don't, that has to change the heart. Yeah, you're not going to be able to legislate win on those issues. You have to win through you, your action, across the dinner table, across the work desk, across the construction um, grounds, whatever, engaging people's heart, loving people to life, uh, uh, sharing with them the power of Jesus Christ to change hearts for people that get a revelation of Christ, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and for them to re- realize, wow, people are made in the image and likeness of God. I mean, that transformation happens through the body of Christ and not through legislation. So, yeah. so I, I think for me, at least, it was a slight rebuke of like, Andrew, you, are you putting too much hope in what government can do? But, but come back to the kingdom of God. This is the, this is the mission of yeah. God's kingdom. Just to clarify what you're saying, I don't yeah. think you're saying, hey, we just need to throw our hands up and not try to legislate righteousness in, as it regards to abortion. Of course, that's the role of government is to promote, promote what, what right. is good yeah, and right. to punish what's evil. So we're not saying that we should not be working hard. But what you're saying is when you believe a lie for 50 years... You could, um, right now, it's hard to win. The yeah, and, until you, until yeah. you deal with people's hearts, yeah. you're, you're not going to succeed long-term with passing laws. Yeah, pa- laws... Passing laws comes after there's a transformation of heart. I mean, after 50 years of, of, of one way of thinking, it's just hard in one or two years to quickly go all the way around. And people are so afraid. Fear, this is fear-driven. They're, they come to vote because of fear. Yeah. And and we got to come back to the heart and say, what is the real issue here? Well, so. and, it, and as I've been saying for years, it's the job of the pulpit to disciple yeah. the pew. 
Um, and if we have voters who are confused, Christians who are confused about the issue of the sanctity of life, um, abortion, yeah. uh, sexual purity, uh, gender ideology, uh, biblical marriage, I mean, right. all of these things are very clearly under the purview of the local church and pastors yeah. to preach the whole counsel of God. Yeah. So if we got people going to the voting booths that are confused about these issues, yep. who claim to be followers of Jesus, oh, even, yeah, then we got a problem in the pulpit absolutely. where we have a problem. And absolutely. So, yeah, I'm not saying we need to we need to dumb down, slow down, legislate in terms of protecting life. I'm yeah. just saying right now it seems to me that this is not any when it was issue. a bigger issue than we thought. This bigger issue the than the thought. And yeah. what we need to do as a church is we need to in the next two years. Get our game. We need to go and and be the be the missional yeah. church that we're supposed to be well, to catch our, our hearts up to match this legisl these legislation. And I loved it because on Sunday was a perfect example. We had a wonderful young lady in our church introducing us to a ministry that takes um, children out of homes that that where there's trauma or crisis going on and puts them in a safe home, a yeah. Christian home where, where they can be loved and encouraged until we're able to bring peace to the to the family situation. Right. And uh, there was an overwhelming response from Livingstone's uh, folks oh, saying, good, "Hey, good. we, you know, we want to help." Yeah. And that's that's what it's all about. Like you said, rolling up our sleeves, being yep. the hands and feet of Jesus, yep. demonstrating the love of yep. Christ, providing solutions and answers right. to real problems that our world is facing, and 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 showing a better way. And that's really what this podcast is is based on. That Jesus' way is the best way in the Christian worldview. Yeah. It's yeah. the the most comprehensive and, and best answer to the world's challenges. So. Yeah, I, I'm not saying when you slow any part down. I think we as a church need to actually speed up yeah. in this process of engaging. We need to not just entrust the, the legislation to, to, to take care of the problem. We need to actually yeah. take ownership of the heart issue and engage in every realm yeah. of our own lives. Amen. Well so, said. Yeah. Are you a pastor? Oh, you are a pastor. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you're a pastor because you got a lot we, to add to this. Yeah, we got we got yeah we got work to do, guys. <laughs> we, do we got work to do. Too. So that's that's the hopeful part because the keys are still in our hand. The Bible says, Jesus says, "I'm giving you to the keys to the kingdom, yeah. and the gates of Hades cannot come against it." We still have the keys. Yeah. So that's 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 let's use it. Well, good. Well said. And that's, I think it's a good segue into what we've been talking about because this whole book uh, by Rod Dreher, "Live Not by Lies." It is based on interviewing folks that lived for 50 years or more under uh, Soviet-style, you know, uh, communism, and uh, and talk about believing a lie or being fed a lie for for year after year after year, and how that shapes you, and how that eats away at your soul when you know something to be true, but you don't actually stand yeah. for the truth. And, Absolutely. And so, you know, if you've been following us in this podcast, we've been talking about just the rise of soft totalitarianism in America, where our liberties are being challenged, where our freedoms are under assault, certainly not like hardline uh, Soviet totalitarianism, where people are killed and thrown in prison and all of that, when tramp their rights are completely trampled. We're, we're not there yet, but the signs of that, and we've highlighted that, the signs of that are, are all around us in America today. And so in the book, he, you know, he, he takes the transition from here's what's going on to what can we do about it. And um, the, t the title of the second half of the book was How to Live in the Truth. What a great title, How to Live in the Truth. And uh, we're going to be talking about that for the next several podcasts. But this particular chapter was called Value Nothing More Than Truth. And just that title gets me wound up because maybe it's the prophetic edge inside of me. But 
just standing up for truth is something that that I'm passionate about and encourage. You know, if you're if you sat at Living Stones for any length of time, you know that we 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 try to motivate our people to stand courageously for what's right in the face of whatever opposition, and and that's really what he's talking about in this book is. Um, how to not live by lies. In other words, if you're if you're living in a culture that's surrounded by lies, we can go back to what we opened with. Maybe it's the lie of abortion on demand, or maybe it's the lie that there should be no boundaries on sexual expression between two consenting adults, or, you know, we've heard it all. Yeah. Um, that's the lie. It's repeated over and over again. It's repeated in the media. It's repeated in higher education. It's repeated in, in uh, Hollywood, everywhere. Lie, 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 lie. How do you resist? You know, we feel powerless sometimes. We feel voiceless. And and what these folks said was that the power of the powerless in these Soviet-dominated countries, where you're just one citizen, like you have no no power to do anything to bring about change, what these leaders said is the power that you actually have is the power to live out the truth. Mm. And... Um, that was, you know, it, it's empowering to all of us as individual people to know that how we handle truth does make a difference. And there's a ripple effect that goes out. And I love the example that he gives here. Such a powerful story. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about a man that owns a grocery store. And, uh, and in that grocery store, if you're a, a store, a shop owner, you are required to put up a sign that had the official slogan of the Communist Party, workers of the world unite. Mm-hmm. And so you got to post that sign in your grocery store. And as long as you put the sign up, life's pretty good. Yeah. You're able to do business and, and no one's going to bother you and just put the sign up. And he said, what that grocer needs to realize is that at some point you're sick and tired of putting up a sign that you don't believe in and that you don't believe is true and that you don't think is right. And you're tired of simply conformity for conformity's sake. And one day this, this grocer has this epiphany and he revolts. Now, his, re- his revolt is not leading a mass movement down the streets or driving tanks or overthrowing the government. He doesn't have the power to do that. But he takes a power that he does have. The power that he does have is, you know what? I think that sign is a bunch of baloney. And, uh, and nobody should be forcing me to put the sign up in my store. Yeah. So I'm going to revolt by simply standing up for what I know to be true in the face of that sign, which is a lie. I'm going to take the sign down. I'm going to throw it in the trash. Now, he didn't do that in the face of some communist official. Like, watch me. I'm going to tear my sign down, and I'm going to tear it up in your face. Right. He just one day simply said, sign's coming down. Right. And, uh, and this is what he said in the book that I thought was so good. Um, his simple act of conformity is not meaningless. It perpetuates the belief of what it is to be a good citizen. So in other words, the fact that he puts a sign up is not meaningless. It's a powerful act because the sign says that's what you do if you're going to be a good citizen in this country. And again, let's just pause right here. When we were dealing with like the Soji laws, standing up for religious liberty, there was a movement going around in Indiana where the LGBTQ community took their signs that said, we are an LGBTQ promoting, affirming business. And they would go up to you as a business owner, say you're the grocer and say, hey, we would like you to put this sign up in your window to affirm LGBT rights. Mm-hmm. And if you were a Christian and you're going, well, well, but I don't believe that 
that that's right. I don't believe that you should be acting that way. I don't believe that's good for you. I don't believe that, that pleases the Lord. I can't put that sign up in my business. Then it wasn't like they just go to the next business. Then your business was targeted. Your business was boycotted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was put to sign up or else. And so what you saw was all this conformity in terms of business owners and corporate America, because what the message was is if you're going to play the game correctly and you're going to be a well-esteemed, well-respected citizen, then you have to put the sign up or else that shows you're not buying into the system. You're not, you're not obeying the narrative. You're not paying the tribute. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not being a model citizen because yeah. model citizens support these causes right. and you right. don't. Now, it doesn't matter that that person's religious liberties were trampled, that their free exercise of their own business and their rights to conduct their business as they want to conduct their business or simply just to stay out of the debate. Like, it's not my debate. I, I don't choose to let my business be part of the debate. Right, right. You know, they don't even have that option. Right. We saw this happen, too, remember, during all the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter stuff where people were going up to people in restaurants who were eating dinner yeah. and saying, say Black Lives Matter, yeah. say Black Lives Matter, and you're sitting there with your wife eating your dinner, and you're not there to have a political discussion about the merits of what Black Lives Matter stands for. You either say it or you're intimidated or you're beat up or they tear down the restaurant or light it on fire or burn down your business or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah, this this is this crosses the line. Uh, This is that soft totalitarianism that's rooted in fear and terror, which basically says you will say this or do this or be this or else. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not the way Americans have have lived for the founding of this nation. So when you see that, you're like. Wow, but here's the rub. Some people, to get along, simply go along. And some people, because they don't want their lifestyle impeded or they don't want to pay the consequences, they'll just, they'll let their conscience die. And they'll go along with something that they don't believe is right or true, but they're afraid of what the consequences are. And so in this situation with the store owner, uh, eventually, the party's going to come and say, where's the sign? He's going to say, I took it down. They said, well, put the sign back up. Well, I don't want to put the sign back up. Well, in this situation, what happened is he loses his store. He loses his income. His children may not be allowed to go to a university. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to experience hardship. This is a sad thing, too. His neighbors will, will publicly attack him. Mm-hmm. Not because they don't like him or they disagree with him, but because that's what conformity to the, in this case, the Soviet way of life mm-hmm. demands if they want to keep their store or they right. want to keep their business or they don't want their kids taken away from them. Right. Um, and so this was this is the rub that these people faced every single day in these kind of communistic countries. And so he says, if you don't stand for truth, really what happens is you're, you, you start, it's like a cancer in your soul. It eats away at, at who you are, at your integrity. And, uh, and, and again, it's like a cancer that ends up destroying the essence of who you are because you're a hollow person and you're living a lie. Absolutely. And, and I think, even, I, you know, I'm thinking through the scenario, like if I, if I went to, if I have all power, if I had the majority, the, 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 all the money in the media in my pocket, and I, I go to the store and be like, I want you to put a Second Amendment, like I support Second Amendment, which is like, who cares if it supports the Second Amendment? Yeah. But say if I like put the sticker on your store, and they're like, uh, uh, okay, yeah. 
I would feel horrible because like, I'm like, you don't really necessarily believe in it or like advocate. I'm forcing you to do that. I am perpetuating a lie by forcing you to put that on there. I would feel that in my own conscience, you know? Right. And, and what I would know fundamentally in my heart is this eventually will not stand because they're just doing it because of power, not because they truly well, engage. And, I, th- in and I think that's his point is this is a, a flim flam you know, uh, wall that's built up here is built on lies. And all it takes for the wall to come down is for somebody to speak the truth. Yeah. Because as soon as you speak the truth, you break out of the system and you say the whole system. I love what he, I love the phrase you use because I've preached this from our pulpit before. That when you say a man can't become a woman, that simple statement yeah. basically says the emperor has no clothes. Right. And and that's what we're trying to say. The emperor is naked. Everybody can see the emperor is naked. Nobody believes it. But if you say it, then you're exposing the narrative. Right. And then the whole thing comes crashing down. So it takes guts. Somebody's got to be the first to say it. And then everybody else. And I've, I've had this, by the way, we just had an, our starting point uh, class again. And, yeah. and we had an amazing group of people. Um, but I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, finally, there's a pastor or a leader who is saying the things that the rest of us have been thinking uh, and have been saying in our ki- right. around our kitchen tables for years. Right. We finally have somebody in the public who's saying the emperor has no clothes. And it's, yeah. it's liberating because what it does is when you speak the truth and you stand for truth, you inspire other people to have the courage to stand for truth as well. And when you get a movement of people that care about truth, again, the falsehood right. has to bow. It's interesting because I think in America today, because the pain level hasn't reached what it was in some of these yeah. Eastern European countries, there's many people who actually believe in the lie. Yeah. So for them, it is the truth. So if you go this, you go and where you put the sign up, they'll be like enthusiastic. They'll be like, "Yes, I do believe in that yeah. because that has that is a religion. This communist, right. Marxist, yeah. equi- equity base, it has become a has it's, religious. It's that utopian to dream that's going to solve problems. Which is the same case with all these. This is the pattern. Bunch of people believe in a lie. They're not even trying to trying to be uh, hiding the truth. They actually believe in it. But after you know time after. Deaths after tragedy, after collapse of their economy, eventually, slowly, people yep. start to open up more and more. And that's when the truth starts to come out. Now, people who can see further down the line should be, who have no excuse, who says, no, that's a lie, should be speaking out because we need to help and convince And let me just say, those, those people, by definition, are pastors and spiritual leaders because we have the word of well, God. Well, there should be, yeah. And they're the yeah. ones that should be the watchmen on the should wall, be, right. not the lazy dogs like we preached about from right. from. And that, has, that has not been the case no. in, in, many, in many churches. But I, I think this is a crucial issue because the pain level eventually reach it because when you live your 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 base or economy or based on your government or your based on social structure on a lie eventually it's going to come crashing down like the whole when men can be a woman thing is totally okay until your your daughter is competing against a boy yeah. in a sports game then your reality clashes and you're just like wait a second that 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 doesn't make sense so so I, i'm wondering if the pain level is high enough for yeah. people to recognize that there is an issue, but but I think for for those of us who who are able to see it, we we we're not we're not cheering for the pain to come. I don't. No. I I'd rather want to be no. calling but out the truth now. There, there's a famous maxim that that is so true. It says people don't change because they see the light. People change because they feel the heat. Yep. 
Um, and many times people see the light, but they know that embracing the light comes with a cost. And so they yep. never embrace the truth until the heat, just what you said, the heat has to, to raise. When, when you're feeling the heat, when you're feeling the pain, when you're uncomfortable, then you realize, wow, um, something's got to change. And, and, and when you get to the point, when we do get to the point, when most, I just say talk about those who are followers of Christ, come to the point of truth or, or keep putting a sign up. I think this is a crucial question we need to ask ourselves now, which is what, how you answer that question, whether you keep the sign or you speak the truth or not speak the truth, really answers what's your mission in life. It's not what you say. It's not what you tell your pastors. It's not whether you go to church or not that answers what your mission in life is. How you answer, whether it's to comp- comply with the lie or speak the truth, actually truly speak to what is your mission in life. This is just very practical. If your mission in life is to be comfortable and, and to kind of stay within your realm, just raise your kids and make sure like they just, like most Americans, yep. you're just going to be left the alone. Amer- the American dream. You just want to just grow. You want to have develop a nest egg and you want to just uh, settle in the sunset. You're probably not going to speak up against the overwhelming odds of the lie. And that's why the followers of Christ, I was just reading, I mean, I, it's so interesting, I was just reading Mark, and um, <laughs> and and, um, Pete, and Jesus was telling his uh, disciples that, you know, I'm going to die in three days, I'm going to come back to life, and Peter pulled him aside, yeah. and says, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the wrong messaging, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that that will not pull well with, <laughs> yeah. the, with the, fact, well, I personally don't like that message. I personally don't like that message, so... <laughs> I think you need to you need to uh, readjust and you need to uh, readjust because that message doesn't legislate well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Jesus says, <laughs> "Harsh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan, for you have the uh, you don't have the minds of things of God, but things right. of man." Right. Which again just communicates us, man. We do not know God's plan. We can look at what's happening in the country. We'd yeah. be like, "There's a mess," and God's like, "It's not a mess. I got my plans in place." Yeah. What, what are you guys worried? About? But then, then, then he goes into then, then he goes into event. Anyone wants to follow me, yeah. you must take up your cross. Yeah. So, if, you know, it's just so, so the, yes. fundamental. And, and yeah. the, the cross taking up, as it related, you know, as we go back to the book, you know, he, he said you have to choose a life apart from the crowd. Um, and the cross for them expresses itself in a lot of practical ways. For instance, if you wanted to go on these trips for, with the university, you had to become an official card-carrying member of the communist, you know, yeah. youth yeah. youth league. You want this promotion? Oh, you don't get to go on that tr- cool trip. You yeah. you would have loved to have gone on that right. trip your whole life. You dreamed of traveling, but you have to, oh, one little requirement: yeah. you you have to be a member. Or the the children were giving little pens with Stalin's image on or yeah. Lenin's image yeah. on it, and if the, your child was not wearing the pen with this communist, wicked, ruthless leader's image on it, then your children, this is a sad part, they viewed you as your parents as mentally ill or incompetent. Your children were removed from your family. This happened to Baptist families in the Soviet Union. Their children were removed from them and put in orphanages. Now, again, picture yourself as a parent. We all love our children, right? And you're telling your child, honey, you're not going to wear that pen of that dictator on your clothes when to go to school. Mm-hmm. Mommy, uh, you know, my teacher will call me out. Um, mm-hmm. the, the principal or the, the communist will come after our family. I mean, these are, but, but so what do you do? Do you compromise and wear the pen or do you say, no, 
We're not going to submit to this. We're going to honor Christ. We are Christian people, and you set yourself apart from the crowd. In other words, I, 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 they were saying that um, to be Baptist in Russia was to be a permanent outsider, but they chose truth, Jesus, over living a lie. So they were mocked and ridiculed. Often their kids were removed from their homes. They were unable to find jobs, but they still believed. Yeah. And you know, it, it brought to my mind Acts chapter five forty one. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And yeah. and you know what we're talking about in America are are we really willing to suffer disgrace on behalf of Christ yeah. and the Bible and truth? And are we willing to do it joyfully? Um, yeah. You know, like hey, this is. This is actually a badge of honor, not wearing Lennon's badge, wearing Jesus' badge that we're identifying with him. And, and I, I think, you know, sometimes we think about like, oh, you don't bow, then we're going to toss you in the fire pit. Like, yeah. that, that, we're not there yet in America. And in Jesus' name, we won't be there. Yeah. But, but I think practically right now, there are many, many examples that we get to choose whether we want to indulge in. It might be not be a harsh coercion, but it might be inconveniences that even right well, now that we these, I, I think of some soccer players that, the, you know, the team decided we're all wearing the rainbow. Yeah. And they're, and they're Christians. They're like, I'm not going to wear the rainbow. Yeah. Or professional athletes, we're going to wear the, the patch on yeah. our jersey. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to wear the patch on my jersey. I mean, these folks are attacked in America today, yeah. and many of them will miss opportunities. They're for not going to be all stars. They're not going to. The, the, the media won't yeah. throw their highlight on the on the ESPN, whatever. Yeah, but but I think just like more common sense, like only. I mean, we're not all sports star. You know, just on a normal American basis, yeah. it might mean that your kids might not go to some college prestigious colleges yeah. because of because the messages yeah. or whatever it might be you might pass on a promotion yep you know you might not be as accepted in some crowd of that you that might you not so, get the job because might, of the questions that right. people are going to ask exactly. you during the interview you might not get some entertainment choices you might say hey no those entertainment choices those companies i'm not going to indulge in it's more inconvenient that it's more it's it's less convenient that way, but yeah. I'm just going to go for it. We start there, right? Yeah. That's, that's, let's work our faith on the and, basic things. And let's just say that's a critical place to start because yeah. you've got to stand for truth. Uh, either, either I like the way they said it. You're either going to vocally stand for truth or you're going to simply not support uh, and you're not going to speak out in support of things that you know are wrong. And, and, and There's this, two ways to do that, and, but you have to do it. And I think that's just impo- this is an important takeaway message. You know, on one hand, we we followers of Christ is in the process and we are in the process to create kind of like the parallel economy which is kind of like you know what we're having our own systems in place so we're not always hinging on the economies of the world and and the early church yeah. kind of did that they share wealth and this is kind of a it's yeah. not exactly sharing wealth but there's a parallel way homeschooling or charter school or Christian school yeah. so we're not beholden <laughs> to, to necessarily the messaging of uh, some of the public schools and then some public schools are great but you know yeah. I'm not saying all public schools but I think there's one level of that, but there's a lo- another level. I think we as Christians just need to prepare in our heart and say, what level of luxury do we have to live in? And because this is something that I, in my own heart, when, when all this yeah. start coming down, I'm just like, you know what? I don't need to watch a certain show. I don't need to watch a certain sport. I don't need to wa- have a level of comfort anymore. I'm yeah. going to keep my appetite for uh, convenience and comfort 
relatively, I mean, compared to the rest of the world, still really high, just because I'm American. Yeah. But relatively low, because I don't want to get myself to a place I'm so dependent on every technology, every win, everything yeah. in the world, that I can't stand up for the truth when I need to. I think a perfect example, biblically, is Moses. You know, he he was raised in, in Pharaoh's household and experienced the best life possible yeah. materially in terms of comfort. And then he realized that he was called to identify with his people and spent the next 40 years out in the backside of the desert before yeah. God raised him up to do what he did. But he, he said he, was, he had his eyes on, a, on another home, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't this kingdom. It was another kingdom that was to come. Yeah. And we, we're going to be caught with the same kind of choices. And someday we're going to stand before the Lord. I don't know about you. I, w- I want to be found faithful. I want right. the Lord to say, great job. I think this is not a poverty message. That's not what we're preaching. But we are saying, hey, how a- entanglement are you with the world? And, and are you watchful of that? Because that might be coming. And on the heels of telling the truth, what we're finding in America today, and this is that soft totalitarianism again, is that we're willing to reject free speech for peaceful conformity, at least what we think is peaceful conformity. Uh, And they talked about under the communist view, you never could really just share what you thought. It always had to be tied back into the official narrative. So if you wrote a paper on whatever, it had to eventually make its way back to the communistic narrative, the orthodoxy of the day. Well, we, we have that all around us, all kind of orthodoxies. And, and so what young people today are finding that they're saying, you know what, we're, we're not comfortable with dissenting opinion. In other words, your dissenting opinion uh, is traumatic for me even to listen to or to be in the same room with you. And so this generation is really close to getting rid of our First Amendment rights for the sake of, again, forced conformity. And all of these dissidents from the former you know, Soviet uh, gulag are saying, what is the matter with you people? You should be fighting yeah. for the right to share your opinions, even if they're not popular. Um, and they're saying, as soon as you lose the ability to speak freely, you have no freedom. And, uh, and they recognize it because they, they lived under it. I like this quote. Signs of a society that prefers the false peace of conformity to the tensions of liberty. That is what we're getting when we want to get rid of free speech. Yeah. We prefer false peace in conformity to the tensions of liberty. There's no yeah. question that liberty involves navigating yep. tensions. It's, it's not easy all yeah. the time. But the alternative is, is deadly when you actually decide you're just going to give away your right to express yourself. And of course, in in these countries, when somebody spoke against the party or spoke against what was going on, they were killed. They were put in prison. They were sent off to the gulag. Um, They were murdered. I mean, who wants to go there? And yet that's where in our universities today, which used to be beacons of free speech, right? Now we have zones where where you can only say certain things in certain geographical locations. And if you say certain things, you can actually be expelled from the university or lose your job if you're a professor. I mean... This is stuff that's, that's scary. Um, listen to what Solzhenitsyn said. He said, he who is not sufficiently courageous even to defend his soul, don't let him be proud of his, quote, progressive views. Don't let him boast that he is an academician or a people's artist or a merited figure or a general. Let him say to himself, I am a herd or I am in the herd and a coward. I love that. You know, we. I'm progressive. I'm this. I'm that. He said, "No, you're just simply one of the herd, and at the end of the day, you're a coward 
because you've lost your courage to speak for what you know to be the truth. Um, I mean, these are powerful words from somebody who has lived under a totalitarian regime. He also said this, to grow indifferent or even hostile to free speech is suicidal for a free people. And I think we're, we're committing suicide right now in America in terms of our freedom to the degree that we just are willing to jettison uh, free speech because we're embracing this kind of doublethink that is going on in our culture today. You know, there's so much hypocrisy and there's yeah. so much bad thinking and so much, uh, uh, you know, ideas where you go, wait a minute, if that's true, then what about this? And you go, oh, yeah, good point. Well, <laughs> thinking people used to do that, right, right. but we don't think anymore. Right. We just read we're off TikTok the TikTok culture. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. he always says, don't uh, compromise your conscience. And Erwin Litcher said this. He said, as I see it, the challenge for us today is this. Will we interpret the scriptures through the lens of culture or will we interpret culture through the lens of scripture? Yeah. What a great statement. Which of these will be our ultimate authority? And he says, pressure is building for us to surrender to culture and tailor our teaching to make it compatible with the spirit of our times. Uh, thus, we have the woke church. Yeah. So we have to start with the word of God because Jesus is the truth. We got to declare the truth. And then here's the challenge every Sunday. We have to align our lives with the truth. That's why ch church should not be comfortable. Church should be incredibly uncomfortable because living in a world of compromise, we should be constantly challenged of areas where we have compromised and we, and we have failed to stand for truth. Because And see that, you know, if your pastor is reading Scripture and challenging you uh, to stand courageously and to tell you, like I did a few weeks ago, right, hey, this might cost you your job, simply s making the simple statement that a woman cannot be a man, that a man cannot breastfeed. I mean, this might cost you your job, but would you rather lose your job or lose your integrity? Yeah. Would you rather lose your job or lose your soul? Um, and this is not that hard. I mean, there, you still have other options. But if we don't call the emperor out for being naked, we're all going to pay the price down the road. The longer the, longer the lie goes on, we're, we're, to go right back to where we started, that's, that is the fruit we're reaping right now from 50 years of a lie called Roe v. Wade. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, and 50 years or more of the of the supposed sexual revolution, which has led to literally the death of millions and millions of people. Uh, led to broken abortion. families, bro relationships, divorces, yeah. children's being hurt, and we're still reaping the repercussions of it. So, so right now it's just political correctness in America. Yeah. It's not heavy totalitarianism, but if we don't wake up and smell the coffee, yeah. uh, we might be seeing some of this. So. But I, I think we need to realize we're empowered to speak the truth. We are Christ has empowered us yeah. to do that and to do it with courage and do it with support. It's a privilege. It is it's a, a privilege that privilege. we we can we have the ability to recognize it and speak it. So it's not like it, it's with with joy and peace and righteousness, which is the kingdom of God. Yes. to speak the truth. Amen. Yeah. I'll end with this quote from Erwin Lutzer. He says, "The church is the pillar and the ground, the support, the defense, the bulwark, and the buttress of truth." The church recovers truth when it is lost. So again, right now we've lost some truth. Yeah. Our job is to go recover it. Yeah. He says that is why all moral recovery in a nation always begins with the church, with the people of God. Any hope that we in this country will ever recover from this downhill slide into degradation and despair lies in the presence of the church in our midst. Yeah. That's exactly the point you made brilliantly at the start of this podcast. Yeah. This is not the job 
of governments. This is not the job of education, of, of the marketplace. This is, is the job of the church. We are the ones who deal in truth. We are, the, we are the brokers of truth. We are the recoverers of truth. We are the ones who are the pillars and the buttress, the support system for truth. And if the church does her job and God's people do and their job. Need, and, and what the thing is, the truth is disseminated in the marketplace. Yeah. The truth, that's the distribution. It can't just be on Sunday morning. Exactly. The truth needs to be distributed, not just from the pulpit, but from, you know, again, uh, the workplace. The water coolers, dinner table, water America. Cooler. Yep. Yeah. So in a loving and a kind and, and caring way. Amen. So let's value the truth, live for the truth, stand for the truth, and let's do it joyfully yeah. as Jesus did for us. We're going to continue to, to, to provide some practical steps as to how we move forward. What are some practical actions that we can take? We're learning from our, uh, our dissident friends who are former communist and Marxist countries, what they've lived through and what they're telling us uh, and learning from them and learning from the scriptures so that we can chart a course for moving forward. So thanks for being with us. We hope you'll help us share this far and wide. Like us on social media and share it with your friends. Uh, and we appreciate your comments and feedback as always. And we look forward to being with you next Thursday. Until then, have a great week and stand for the truth.